0: to Creative Constitution. I'm joined by Benji Rag on how to write a horror film. Hey. So tell me about kind of your experience with horror films. Is this something that you've always kind of ventured into or did you go from a drama man to a horror man? Give me a little bit of info there.
1: Well, at a very young age, my, uh, my sister showed me Mary-Kate and Ashley films. So I like to believe that I, you know, from the start, I was introduced to horror films.
0: I love it. When would you say it was your first horror film? Like when you made one?
1: I would say, um, uh, I, I guess Captain Vengeance is my first like horror film. I don't like consider it a horror film. I consider it more just like a, a depressing film. But.
0: Did it have a monster in it? What what? actually is a horror film like what what would you say is the definition of a horror film
1: i would say a horror film is anything and it's gonna be very broad is anything that inflicts the viewer with unease
0: i like that definition that's nice (laughs) yeah i think and then and uh, then it can have like monsters and vampires and whatever
1: yeah well, I was uh, I was watching a podcast with um uh, a YouTuber, you know, called Scaredy Cats, and he was talking about some of his favorite horror films, and he mentioned uh, Promising Young Woman.
0: Oh, I I've seen the trailer for that one. I haven't seen the movie yet, but it looks really good.
1: Oh, yeah, well, it is really good. It's an amazing film, but it's not built or done or, you know, presented as a horror. It's presented as more of a, like, thriller comedy. Mm. But he argued, he's like, you know, it's a woman who puts herself in positions where she could be assaulted to, you know, uh, to teach them men a lesson. And he argued that it's a horror film because that's something that, you know, that's a fear that many women have, or all women have mm. in there. And, you know, not just women, obviously. Yeah you know, have in their everyday life. And that part of it, that unease of knowing and knowing what that sort of situation is and perhaps being in that situation is what makes it a horror film.
0: Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to have some sort of a, you know, sci-fi creature. Like it can, or a ghost, you know, it can really just be something that when you watch it as an audience member makes you a little uncomfortable or has that unease yeah. aspect to it.
1: Yeah, like, uh, my dad, uh, he's a huge uh, war buff. He's pretty much a war historian, and he, from a young age, he was showing me, like, war films and all that, and I do not have particularly big interest in war film. Mm. But, um, but there is one film we both agree on is pretty much the best of the war films, and that's uh, Dust Boot. Okay. And, and he argues it's because it, you know, shows accurately what men went through you know, U boat and how, like realistic it is, and you know, yeah. And and I always say it's I love it because it's a it's a horror film masquerading as a war film. Right. And you know, because because the situation is um, you know is breeds horror. Like you have to imagine yourself in that situation. You're trapped on this boat. You, can't, you know, can't go anywhere. You just have to do your job. And if the enemy fires at you, either they're going to hit you or they're not. There's nothing you can really do to change that. So you just have to do your job.
0: Yeah. I've, I've actually ne- never really thought about it like that, to be honest. So Because when I watch a war film, it's like a historical film. It's not really a horror film. But with that sort of definition, then like a lot of, A lot of war movies that really depict how bad things were are probably more so horror films.
1: Yeah, like um, there's a John Carpenter has my favorite definition of a uh, a horror film, and and of course because he's you know the great horror master, so he's had plenty of time to think upon this. And I'm going to paraphrase him. He uh, he says this a lot better than I do, but he says there's two types of horror films out there. He's like, you know, picture a group of people sitting around a campfire, you know, it's the dead of night, you know, little spooky telling stories and all that. And he's like, the first one is the enemy is out there. Mm. Something out there, the danger is out there and it could pick them off. The second one is the danger is in this circle. It's someone in this circle. It's the human heart. That's the danger. Oh,
0: I love that. That, and actually to think about it, that's so true. <laughs> I actually can't think about another horror film that isn't in that in one of those categories.
1: One of my old writing teachers, uh, when I did units, he used to say um, he did uh, gender studies. So he would, sorry, uh, genre studies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he would he basically would spend each week teaching each different genre but he'd always open up with the same thing. Like, it's like, no genre happens in a vacuum. You know, it's like, ever since the start, they've contaminated each other. There is no truly just one genre, you know, it's, you know. And I think that goes, like horror can, you know, go into any other genre. Like you can have horror westerns, you can have horror, you know, sci-fis, you can have horror historical films. You
0: know. Yeah, yeah, that's so true you could have a comedy with horror like the slasher films a lot of them have aspects of comedy in there as well
1: and romance and drama
0: yeah that's so true i actually i do think it's very difficult to make a single genre thing i mean when you think about everything has aspects of drama or um you know I, i actually totally agree there's nothing that's quite in a silo there are there's always cross-contamination of aspects. And I think that's what makes the films more interesting, to be honest. It gives you more areas yeah. to be creative in. Like, uh,
1: once again, uh, I mentioned Cinema Snob in the last episode. <laughs> but uh, uh, two of his reviews come to mind where he basically just hit the nail right in the head. And uh, he reviewed My Bloody Valentine and a different review, uh, Stepfather and both films with my believe valentine is like you know this is a, a cheap canadian film about a bunch of miners being picked off <laughs> by uh you know some you know some guy like, the drama writing of this is top notch i really believe this romance and i want these two <laughs> it's, it's it's almost a hallmark film yeah with this romance it's like it really carries you through you'll want to see these characters survive and uh, he was like, with the stepfather, he, like, he said, um, you know, if you cut out the scenes of the stepfather, you know, committing murder and going nuts, it is a very touching melodrama about a stepfather trying to connect with your stepdaughter. Yeah. <laughs> That's so
0: true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that happens a lot, actually, in horror films. I think it's what gets the characters closer, like when you add in, like, a, an undertone of a romance it like makes you connect with the characters more because you want them to survive and have each other at the end. But then when one of them gets like killed, you're like, no, there goes that love story. But then that's what gets the character to want to kill the thing that is, you know, that has obviously impacted that relationship
1: and so forth. Yeah, yeah, and there, a, there was a movement in horror. Um, uh, it's still going on, but it's it's something I detest. But it's kind of started in the 2000s. There was this movement of uh, I'm like, people going, oh, you know, people come to horror films to see the kills. You know, we don't want to, like, you know, make them feel terrible by, you know, one of their favorite characters getting killed. So make them all assholes. <laughs> like, no, you're ruining the movie because, you know, I don't want to see that character get killed, but, like, how they die is a big part of the you know the movie and there's a lot of like i i remember uh jason takes manhattan friday the 13th part eight there's a scene where uh you know one of there's a guy who's a boxer you know and jason corners him and rather than being like the rest of the characters uh you know get scared and you know he just decides to flat out you know go for jason and just punches him just starts boxing him and, yeah and of course, at the end, Jason wins by like, you know, knocking his head off. But there was that moment, like, oh, come on.
0: Yeah. Come
1: on, you can do this.
0: Uh, wh- I think one of the things I find most frustrating in a lot of horror films is just the characters making stupid choices like or the classic they've the killers coming after them and then they're like struggling with their keys and then they drop it i'm just like why is that constantly used you know like surely surely you come up with something new or like they put the car like keys in and then it's just like you know it's like god Uh, damn
1: (laughs) i i think it's it's like a, a lazy way to create tension yeah Whereas, with a lot of uh, very good horror makers, they can create tension without having to do that.
0: I think, for example, Jaws, perfect example. He, you don't have the guy like struggling with like starting the boat and stuff. He literally just builds tension by like creating this kind of like the, you know, it's like you 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 feel you feel scared and like up and tight because. you know that this thing is getting closer and it's not necessarily the chase it's just like that anticipation and actually like the fact that that whatever is the threat is taking its time I think that's way way scarier it's like um I don't know if this has happened to anyone but like if I'm walking in a street and that's and I and and sometimes I feel like I create these 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 things in my mind where I'm like in a movie or whatever and I'm like being followed or something. Like that is actually scarier because you know you're you're like slowly thinking that something's approaching. You know, you like you want to build that tension. And I think that is something really useful to put into horror films, that slow build.
1: Yeah, no, it is. Um one scene of just like building the tension that comes to my mind is in the thing. And it's the uh, the famous blood, you know, scene where he's doing blood. You know, they, don't, they don't spend five minutes of, you know, Kurt Russell attempting to light the, you know, the the flamethrower, you know. No, they just need him, like, explaining what he's going to do and then slowly picking up the blood and one by one. It's a very clever way because each time he's, like, doing one blood cell, uh. you know, He's counting down the suspects, so it's getting closer and closer to finding
0: them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how do you go about kind of writing something like this? So let's take a short film, for example. You know, you want to create a cool horror film. You don't really know where to start. How would you kind of go about it yourself?
1: Um, Well, well, step one uh, is uh, writing something on the page.
0: Anything, even if you don't have any idea yet of what you're gonna
1: do. I actually, uh, I have a friend who's a writer who, uh, she hates like writing the first opening sentences because she doesn't know what to do. So she'll just you know mash her keyboard (laughs) over and over again, and just just so she has something on the screen, and then she'll start just writing random things. Yeah. In yeah, because you know once she has something there, she can kind of move it. Yeah. I, um, I also, I struggle with like the first line, the first opening bits, you know, what, what do I say here? How do I, how does this conversation flow? And so what I do is I write, uh, basically a Wikipedia, you know, like plot line of everything that has to happen in the film and everything I want to happen. And, like, that way it's all there, mm. you know, it's all on the page. Yeah. And then when I have ideas or anything like that, I'll, like, make a little gap between, the, you know, the paragraphs and I'll write it in there. It doesn't have to be, a, like, a full-fledged scene or anything. It can literally just be, like, oh, I'm still trying to work out what this person says. Yeah. You know, but that line is cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you, do you build, how do you build tension in your script and do you write in things like this is a jump scare? Like, how do you go about that?
1: Um, I, I've never r- written in a jump scare, but I do have the idea that, so this is a weird idea of how I think of it, yeah, but uh, it was something in my, one of my first writing classes and It's just always stuck with me, but I had to... The teacher told me, he was like, I want you to write an argument here. And at the end of the argument, like when it gets to fever pitch, Mm -hmm. you have to... Something else has to happen, you know, that lets off the tension. You know, you have to come up with an exterior, you know, idea that lets off the tension. Yeah. And so... What I did was my my little short story was two uh was was two guys yeah one had uh basically had she had stolen the other guy's uh wife yeah <laughs> and then he dumped him dumped the wife yeah you know uh because it just didn't work out and they meet on a train platform yeah, yeah? and so. How I sort of wrote it was as their argument is is moving here, yeah, that the train is getting ready to move. Right. So it's its engine is getting more, you know, hotter and hotter. And finally at the end of the argument, I, you know, had the train whistle blow. Right. So in my mind, as weird as it sounds, when I'm writing an argument or something that has to like build up the tension, I picture it like that train. Right. Like slowly, so it has to be like something really small and I'm like, okay, this line will be somewhere in the middle, you know? So it has to be that sort of, basically think of it like, yeah, like a, like a mountain, like a complete incline going up and you need point by point. Yeah. So there's finally something that's released.
0: So how do we use that trained analogy in like a horror concept? Like, would you use that for say a threat is around the corner in the story? would you use that same approach as well
1: yeah because it's something that has to build yeah so one of the the easiest ones i've seen but it's also it's still done to this day and it's still the most effective uh, idea is a great so i'll explain the idea by explaining another scene in a movie if that makes yeah, sense yeah go for it there's a, a movie called flatliners and it's a I love it's amazing, that movie. yeah amazing film uh, there's a scene with uh, one of the, uh, one of the characters who has a very uh, very toxic relationship with women and it's sort of presented that he watched his uh, mum being abused mm. and all that and as part of the uh, you know you never fully see what he saw you know, throughout most of the movie but as part of him sort of you know, saving his life is his, he has to confront it again. Yeah. And they do this sort of long shot of him walking down the hallway, you know, up to the room where it happened. And as it's sort of happening and all that, you know, we see the apprehension in him. We see the sort of building and all that, that sort of fear that he doesn't want to open that door again. This is, you know, his whole theme. So we see this sort of going up this hill, yeah. You know, and the the final, the, the fever pitch is him, you know, at the door, you know, about to grab the handle. You know, this is the the height of the tension. You know, the sort of, you know, the bit when he opens the door and looks in. Yeah, mm. that that's not about the tension at all. He's done it. Yeah, you know, this, that's the end. That's the whistle blow. Yeah. You know. So it's everything up until the moment, you know, that you need to hang on. But you need to make a fever pitch if that makes yeah. any sense whatsoever. That
0: totally makes sense. And I think we see that in horror films a lot, where you've got something that's building and building and building. The tension is like so high. And then all of a sudden a phone rings or, you know, you've got the the a random other character will jump in and distracts the threat from whatever it was going to do. You know, it's like it's like someone is is walking in an alley alone and then just just as they're about to get picked off by like a serial killer or something, a a cop car rolls by or like a group Ooh, a of cat. friends or like a cat. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. So how do we make horror movies interesting with like so many different I guess, concepts that have already been made, do you have any tricks that you like to do? Um, Genre crisscrossing? Do you have any like little tricks that you like to do to stay original?
1: Just broadly, like, your own experiences are original.
0: Also, creating horror films based on your own experiences.
1: Yeah, because the horror film isn't going to be scary to other people if it isn't already scary to you
0: yeah Man, i have a, I have an example for this one so i've I've told this story a couple times to a few friends of mine, but I was I wanted to do a horror film based on a ghost story. And um, I just we didn't have much time for it. So we ended up just doing it in like one day and it it ended up being like a four minute film, and we filmed it around the house. And when we finished, I don't know why, but I literally had nightmares about this ghost that I put in my film for like two weeks straight. For two weeks straight, I had nightmares like almost every single night. I was like imagining some of the things I had put in the movie in real life. And like I'd be looking in the mirror and like see someone there, you know, like I just completely freaked myself out. And to this day, I'm like, oh, I really I really don't like doing more ghost films. Like I don't want to direct more of those because I got so freaked out from my own film. Um, And I think in a way, like those are probably the stories I should direct more of because I can. Use my own personal experiences to drive the fear, like what scares me about that, and then put that into a film.
1: Yeah, yeah, it comes from like a, a real place. Yeah, like uh, a, a film. I, yeah, uh, I have up and coming. Uh, the Darken Cottage is I um, yeah, I did some work at a nursing home, and I did uh the dementia ward, mm. and there was a a woman. Among, among many, you know, very uh, sort of <clears throat> uh, interesting and tragic people. But there was a woman who, whose dementia was so, so bad that she had actually no personality. Oh, okay. You know, it was just all gone. And, okay. um, you know, and the nurses told me, you know, it, it started very small and all that. But, yeah, slowly, bit by bit, her personality got wiped away towards a blank slate. And that uh, and that terrified me. And I had a nightmare about it. So I I wrote a horror film about my,
0: yeah. my fears
1: of becoming like that.
0: So. Wow. Um, yeah, and when you were making that film, well, actually, when you were writing that film, how did you kind of put those horror themes in there? Like, was that based on kind of your nightmare? Like, is, is that where the story came from as well?
1: Yeah, so in The Nightmare, I was trapped in a darkened house and I I couldn't get out. Mm. And every time I tried to, like, go into somewhere that was light, like, the darkness would take over it. So I kind of thought that could be a good euphemism for, like, the human brain, like, shutting down because of dementia and the character running to the different room that's light, but she's losing ground, she's losing parts of her you know um, and there's also another sort of tragic thing you see uh in nursing homes and that's when um you know the person doesn't remember their family yeah and so these will be strangers who are very you who are very much confronting to them and they will react in fear Uh, i just thought that's a very tragic idea so yeah i Basically, had people from her past in the film come into the hide in the dark areas, and come at her, and she's reacting to them with fear because they're invading her home, and she has no idea who they are.
0: Yeah, but wow.
1: The most caring people she'll ever know. <laughs> does
0: it, does that happen often when you say you have a nightmare or you have a dream, and then the writing process is just. A lot easier because you almost have a template to go off of
1: yeah and you it, it sounds weird but dreams are, are very messed up weird things that are non-linear and have, but when you wake up like your brain does this weird thing where it will try to put a story into it
0: yeah
1: and so that's sort of the the template
0: yeah
1: i've also done like written stories that are you know, just gone completely off the rails based on like a very simple dream. I
0: think I think it was like Christopher Nolan or something. I think all of his movies are based on dreams. Well, not Oppenheimer, but I'm I think that I've, I think I've heard that somewhere. Um, well, I, I think that happens to a lot of filmmakers, to be honest. Like that ghost story was something that I had a nightmare of. You know, or, or like in the past. I'm pretty sure I've lived in haunted places, but that's that's why I kind of avoid <laughs> that stuff cuz it just freaks me out even more. But that's the power of horror films. You're able to like leave imprints on people's minds of like really scary things. Like I watched um I don't know if you've seen this movie called The Eye. It's with Jessica Alba.
1: Ah, and that's yes, um, where well, she's uh blind. Yeah,
0: she's blind and she gets she gets donate uh, essentially like eye donation. And she gets like eye transplants but then from there she starts seeing all these like dead people everywhere and um it was that's that's literally like one of these movies that has like stuck in my mind for ages and then there was this other one called the mirror or something like that
1: um it's one of my favorite and um,
0: and i couldn't look into a mirror for like a week after that because it freaked me out I was like, "Jesus, this is crazy. Or like I couldn't ride a roller coaster for like a good two weeks um, or like, sorry, a good, good like year after that, because after watching Final Destination. I was like, I don't want to get split in half like that. <laughs>
1: okay, I, I have an issue with the first Final Destination movie. Not to nitpick, but it, look, it's a fantastic film. It's a great concept and all that, yeah.
0: Wait, but was the first one, scene- one the plane? Wait, which, which uh, yeah. One? yeah, the plain
1: one. Yeah. yeah. There is one scene in Final Destination that just I've I've spent years wondering about. <laughs> it's a, I can't remember if it was the teacher or it's a... I think it's actually another student. But he's in a bathroom. He's going to take a shower. You know, you see like Death moving around. And then like Death leaks out of a toilet. So like <laughs> the toilet water comes out. And then he slips on the toilet water, and then like strangles himself on the curtains. Oh yeah, I
0: remember that now.
1: Yeah. and then and then the water retreats back into the toilet. Yeah,
0: because death leaves no evidence. I know, but
1: why? It's so. I
0: mean, half of the deaths in Final Destination make no sense. But you know how you were talking about that that train analogy. That happens a lot in Final Destination. There is so much tension, and I think they do that really, really well. You're watching this thing slowly build, and you're like, oh, it's going to happen anytime now. And then actually, they do it almost perfectly every time where you think it's going to happen. Yeah, they like pull the rug out. Yeah, they, they, exactly. They pull the rug, and I think that's such a genius thing where like you think it's going to happen now, but no, it's it happens after before or after uh, when you think it's going to happen. And I think that's so critical in making a horror film.
1: You want to have but that also, build. Yeah, once you understand that, you can also, like, change the rules on that. So once again, like, one of my other, like, favourite deaths in Final Destination is this. Once again, what what was Dev thinking? Oh, you know what? I better retreat back into the toilet because if the cops come, <laughs> the jig's up. Well, the cop's going to walk in there and go, well, looks like he hung himself after that traumatic event. Wait a second water on the toilet we've seen this before remember seventy-seven, seventy-seven, when those <laughs> yeah. you know those kids uh cheated death and it came after them one by one yeah crack it open guys <laughs> got another death investigation yeah right, they're gonna walk in there and go oh this looks like uh you know it looks like he took his own life no he slipped on the the water oh okay yeah well case closed yeah
0: yeah Exactly. <laughs> Exactly,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I love uh, the Sean. Uh, what's his name? The, the other kid, he was in American Pie, but like every death in Final Destination is like this slowly building up, and then this release of tension. And they do the like you know the car and all that stuff, and just um, yeah, just the guy from American Pie just going well, who's next now? And then this straight kill.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh exactly. Exactly. You're just like sometimes it's just like hits you like that. I think some some of the ghost films do this really well too, like Insidious and kind of those sorts of movies where it's a lot more of like the haunted things. It's like someone will go into a house and then they'll freak out in their own reflection as like one of the first scares, you know, like instead of just doing oh. like jump scares and the moment that they walk in, it's like bang, 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 like scary. It's actually really like slowly suspenseful. And then they'll... They'll write in, you know, oh, a cat's in a window or like they, they freak out in their own reflection or they, they, they like, (laughs) they step on a squeaky toy and then they like turn around and it's their little kid or something. Yeah. I do like that though, because it kind of plays with the audience's emotions a bit and then kind of drops their guard. And then the moment the guard is dropped, boom, let's scare him with uh, something super crazy.
1: Oh yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, one of my favorite horror films actually really like subverts that.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, and it does it like in an ingenious way that's just designed just to like you know, uh, you know, scare the audience. Like, because even in those sort of like scenes, like the cat jumps out, like the character gets scared, and all that. But there's a, a film called Sinister, mm. and
0: there's a, a, classic. There's a scene.
1: W- yeah, yeah. it's the same way. like Ethan Hawke is walking through the house he's, after he's heard like a ghost, you know, and he's looking around and then like his son, you know, comes out of a box almost possessed
0: yeah. and like
1: scares the shit out of the audience. But now the next scene is him just taking him outside and all that, like, ah, it's a night terror. We've handled one of these before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Fascinating
1: idea of just like scaring the audience but not scaring the character. He's dealt with this sort of thing
0: yeah when you're writing in like the suspense and kind of that build like on the actual page whether it's on final draft or whatever how do you tend to go about that like do you have a specific structure or do you do you like a a two fake jump scares then a one hit you know like how do you kind of build that suspense in horror
1: uh yeah so um how i do it um and this is how one of my writing teachers uh, suggested I do it, um, was you can take your time on this. Earth. So generally like a page is, is a minute, mm-hmm. you know, so you can, you know, but you, ha- you can take your time. But you have to get down to the details. Yeah. So you can, you know, like, slowly moves up to the, the, the door, you know, pause his eyes move a little bit, pause. Yeah. Well, you can do run, build this up. You don't have to just focus just on, you know, the movements. Yeah. Like you can break it up to, you know, and and that's sort of how I do it.
0: What, what would you say? So I want to talk to the filmmakers, the writers that are, that are kind of just getting started and maybe have that blank page and they want to get into horror films. Now that you've done you know, you've you've actually done a few, and you have that experience. What would you say would be like a, you know, what's what's your like takeaway advice for someone that wants to write horror films?
1: Um, my my first advice would be, and this will sound weird, is don't go out to write a horror film. It's go out to to write a story. Mm-hmm. You know. Like write the story idea you have. If it become if you feel that it's, you know, leaning more into horror, you know, or if the idea is already more horror, then yeah, you can patch up things and move them to the more horror realm and all that. But it's gonna be a terrible horror film if you strictly go out, Oh, I'm just going to write a horror film. Yeah. So like focus on what scares you.
0: I love that advice. So man's going to be about crocodiles. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, because um, I mean, there's so many great horror films out there. Uh, I I think there's just so many ways that people can write this stuff too. And I think people have to find their own way of writing too. Like just like how your friend just kind of puts a random bunch of stuff on the page in order to not have that empty page staring at, at her I think I have my own processes too and I'm still learning how to how to write. I think it's such a skill that you need to practice and your first draft I think is always gonna be a bit a bit crap. So if you just accept that, then you just move also quicker that,
1: that that blank page is the true horror
0: yeah you know? yeah what would you say at the moment is like I don't want to say, the the type of movie that someone should make like when it comes to horror films you know whether ghosts are trendy or whatever but what do you think currently is like the appetite for horror films like what would you say is what people are kind of longing the most at the moment
1: I think this is just my opinion and it's just the sort of films that I watch but I would say it's more um, because we live in a very uh, turbulent social climate. I'd say it's more more films that focus on sort of social horror than than say like you know the the slasher guy. Yeah. He's gonna kill you. Like I I know this is very like a, <laughs> a, a bit old, but like Get Out, I think really like changed the landscape in the idea that. Yeah, this is more like a more subdued sort of, you know this sort of horror movie is not gonna be a blood and guts sort of thing. This is gonna be more like, you know, interactions and mm. you know, there's that unease in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. There's there's a lot of um sort of it almost seems like horror films come in cycles. Let me explain that. Like it feels like you know the '90s were slasher films, and then, mm. and then there were like animal-based ones for a long time. You know, like Sharknado and like yeah. piranhas and oh. and
1: like. I I, I never <laughs> want to see another zombie horror film.
0: Yeah, and then there were, the and then there was Steve like a, exactly, and then the last five years were a lot of kind of zombies, um, and ghosts. So, what do you think is the next cycle? Is it those more psychological ones, or like a kind of it's like a social sort of horror. What do you think is next? Where's the crystal ball heading?
1: Yeah, I honestly uh, don't know. I I lean in the idea of saying like something more like isolation based. Mm. Because, you know, like the pandemic and yeah. you know, all that sort of thing. And yeah, like sort of more into the world type stuff because i feel like people have a lot of fears that they need a process yeah but you know sometimes it just takes one film you know to change or to invoke a lot of fear in a lot of people and then change all their minds and
0: then yeah
1: they write films in the style of it
0: benji this was so interesting so Thank you so much for sharing that information um no worries i'm i'm very much looking forward to practicing some some horror film writing no i need to practice creating stories based on the fears that i have see that's a big learning that i got from today's episode so thank you so much benji from for joining us oh no worries it was awesome and Make sure to scare people out there. Let's go. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you in the next one.